Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Rev. And you are now tuned in to another episode of Rated Rev. Right here on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Smash that like and hit the subscribe button. You know how we do. From week to week, we bring you that heat. So clear the table. It's time to eat. Let's get it. What's good? What's good, Buffalo Fanatics? Bills Mafia. How are you guys doing tonight? Hop on in here with your man, Rev. Let me know how you're feeling. What's good? What's good? What's good? Everybody in the building. Let me know what's popping, baby. It's the roll call. You know how we do it every single week, every Wednesday night live. This is a roll call, and my man Bobby comes in right now, and he's like, yo, we've got audio, baby. Let's get it. There we go, my man. There we go. There we go. Bada Bing Crosby. What's good, man? Sweet background. I appreciate the love, Bada Bing. You know, I had to switch it up. I had to switch it up on everybody a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm ready. I am ready as all get out tonight, man. Look, this is, look, we are about to get ready for another fantastic episode of Rated Rev. Brought to you by BetUS on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. The best network bringing you nothing but the best in Bills content. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. Smash that like as you hop on in here right now, baby. Let me know what's good. I want to know where you guys are watching me from. Joel Brown comes in. The new look. You like it, baby? I appreciate you guys. Let me know where you're watching from. Let me know where you're watching from. I got to know. This is a roll call. My man Pierre said, yo, the background is absolute fire. Appreciate that, Kingpin. You inspired me, baby. You inspired me, man. So, yo, I'm ready. I am ready. Ronald in the house. Allentown, PA. Allentown, PA in the building. What's happening? I've got my man Byron coming in here. Byron Oaks from Buffalo. Namdi. All the way from Oaktown, baby. Oakland in the house. I've got, who else we got in here? George Colvert from New York, PA, but from Dunkirk, New York. What's good? What's good? Kev Boyo from Rochester. I've got Doug uh, Ujvari. Hope I pronounced that right from PA all the way up in here. Chris 716 from South Buffalo, New York. Man, oh man, it's getting popping. Tim Gunnell from Myrtle Beach. What's up? What's up? I've got Party RD from North Buffalo, Air Allen, Southern Indiana, Avery Hyman, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
Man, let's get it. Jason K from Cheek to Vegas. And then I've got, yo, from across the ocean, baby, Earl Palmer from Wales, UK. What's good, Earl? Appreciate the love, man. Appreciate the love. And I appreciate everybody right now who's tuning in. I love you guys. But I hope you all are ready. I hope you're ready. Everybody's watching live. Let's get it. And those of you who will watch the replay, what's up? Smash that like, hit the subscribe button, comment below. You know how we do it. And to everybody who is listening right now in podcast format, what's happening? In case you don't know me by now, I am the Rev. And this is the Buffalo Fanatics Network. And you are listening to Rated Rev. You guys, I hope everybody is ready for tonight. I want to know how you guys are feeling about the trades. Can we say big ball of bean? That's what I want to do. In the chat right now, drop the triple Bs right now. I want to see the triple Bs, BBB, for Big Baller Bean. Drop them in the chat because Big Baller Bean is at it again. Doing his thing unlike no other. Leaving us in the dark. You know we don't know what this man is up to. High expectations, low expectations, mid expectations. People had their expectations tempered. I know I did. I wasn't really expecting much until the last minute big baller bean comes in here with a couple of last minute trades and he just shocked everybody and let's get into it we're gonna talk about that tonight we're gonna talk about that tonight how do you guys feel about the trades that took place let's get into that right now and then of course you know we've got to jump into some New York Jets conversation because the Bills are about to head to New Jersey, not New York, New Jersey, and take on the New York Jets, who should be called the New Jersey Jets. But, you know, what do I know? So we're going to get into all of that. But I want to know how you guys feeling right now. A chat, listen to me. Tonight is going to be very crucial very crucial for live interaction. I want to know your input into the Brandon Bean Bills trade acquisitions. How do you guys feel about it? In case you don't know, maybe you're living under a rock. I don't know. But Big Baller Bean came through last minute. Last minute. There you go, Christopher. Yeah, Christopher says, yo, Big Baller Bean. He came through last minute. Literally last minute, as a trade deadline was about to expire, he comes in with a couple of fire trades. I get it. They may not be the quote-unquote blockbuster trades that a lot of people may have been looking for. But when you, when you take a look at what they mean to the Bills, I don't know how you can't like it. So what, what, what did he do? He came through. And hit us with the Naheem Hines trade. Naheem Hines. George Colvert comes in and yo, he says, yo, I love this, but we don't give up a lot. That's true. And we're going to talk about that too. So what Brandon Bean did was he decided to make a trade for Naheem Hines. Now, prior to the trade deadline, prior to all of that, there was a whole lot of smoke, a whole lot of talk coming out of Buffalo, right? Or just people just pontificating, if you will, 
about what the Bills are going to do. A whole lot of talk about, about running back. We know running back was, was, was hot, right? You look, at, you, get, you look at Motor Singletary, you see what he's done so far. It's pretty good, right? Uh, Zach Moss has been a healthy scratch for a, for a couple of weeks. And then the rookie James Cook flashed, but nothing really spectacular, right? So I think, I guess the writing was on the wall, right? That, that the Bills would be in the look, in the, in the market for a running back. But we didn't know how serious Bean was or to what lengths he would be willing to go to in order to obtain himself a running back in this uh, trade market right now because we understand the, the cap that he was dealing with is not a whole lot. But we also know that Bean, he, he just doesn't spend a whole lot of money uh, when it comes to these things. And so we were trying to figure out what is he going to do? Word on the street was he was interested in Christian McCaffrey. And why wouldn't he be, right? I mean, after all, being, uh knows him very well in Carolina. All pro Christian McCaffrey. I know he's been injured for quite a while, right, for, for, for a long time. But if you get that man on the field healthy, he is lights out, dangerous, dynamic player. So word came out that he inquired, okay, right, into – uh, acquiring uh, Christian McCaffrey, or just this kind of, just, I guess, I guess, just getting a feeler about what it would take. And then we heard rumors that that he offered a second round draft pick, and of course that did not come into fruition because what happened? Christian McCaffrey got sent to the West Side, California. San Fran snatched him up, gave up quite a bit, and we've seen what Christian McCaffrey's already been able to do. And you look at him, you're like, yo. There's no wonder Brandon Bean went after him. That guy right there, healthy, man. When he's healthy, he's, he's lights out. He's, he's dynamic. It didn't work out. And then we heard of, we heard of a little bit of rumors about, about Saquon Barkley, but I don't know how, how, how legit that was, right? But then um, as the deadline came closer and closer to an expiration, we started hearing talk about Alan Kamara. And... Uh, would the Saints be willing to give up? Would they even be interested in trading Kamar? That did not happen. So then what did Brandon Bean do? I've heard people say that, yo, he settled. I would disagree. I don't think he settled. He went ahead and pulled the trigger for Naheem Hines, former running back with the Indianapolis Colts. And um, in my opinion, it was not a settle at all. I don't think Brandon Bean settled for Naheem Hines. I think what he did was, much like he does in the draft, is he had tears, right? You got tears at certain positions. Obviously, CMC was probably tier one, okay? Highly unlikely that he would get him. And perhaps uh, Saquon Barkley and, and, and Alvin Kamara were all lumped into that tier one category right but when that didn't happen he went to tier two didn't settle they were those guys are just out of his range he inquired did uh, any any good gm would do inquire say hey man what does it take are you guys interested in trading for cmc saquon barkley i'm come here if so what would it take here's my parameters this is what i'm willing to do all right you want more than that okay i'm out i can't do it 
Thanks, but no thanks. Went on about his business. But now when you look at it, he brings in Naheem Hines. And I think he is a perfect fit for this offense. And I'll say this. I'll say this. For one, if we had gotten a, guy, a, a running back like Christian McCaffrey, is as great of a running back as he is, I think that adding a player of his caliber would have changed the dynamic of the offense. Because we know that the offense, the Buffalo Bills offense, runs through Josh Allen. We are not a running team. We are a pass-heavy team. And we should be because we have one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the National Football League right now in Josh Allen. Why would we change the entire dynamic of our offense to feature a guy like Christian McCaffrey? As great of a player as he is, what you're doing is you are taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands enough to justify trading for a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Same would go for Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara. We don't need to change the dynamic of the offense like that. The face of the offense doesn't need to change. That's why I like Naheem Hines, because he's able to slide right in the offense without us having to change at all. And Scott Van Lue comes in with a super chat. Scott, I appreciate you. He says, yo, Rev, do you think Naheem Hines is an upgrade from Moss or downgrade? Hines has more versatility than Moss. And do you think Trey White will play against the Jets this weekend? I'm glad that you are asking all of these questions because, Scott, you're already in my Kool-Aid, baby. I'm going to touch on all of that. Number one, do I think Naheem Hines is an upgrade from Moss? I would say emphatically, yes. Absolutely. Indubitably. <laughs> okay? Indubitably. Look it up. Spell it. I can't spell it, but you look it up. It's a word. I promise. Yes. He is a huge upgrade from Zach Moss. We've seen what Zach Moss has done. No, no disrespect to Moss. You know what I'm saying? But this was a business decision. Pun very intended. This was a business decision. Zach Moss was not doing what we needed him to do in this offense. Brandon Bean said it as much. He said, yo, yo, he's, he's, he, he, yo, he did what he could, right? And I'm paraphrasing. But when you look at it, it was just hard to get him on the field. That's Brandon Bean saying, yo, look, he just wasn't cutting. It really wasn't. And you look at the type of, of running back that Brandon Bean was looking for, all the way back to this offseason, before the year started, in the free agency, we know what he was looking for, right? So he had Motor Singletary, okay? He went after J.D. JD McKissick. That deal fell through, but J.D. McKissick was what? A receiving type of a back, right? That's where he, that's where his, that, that's where he excelled. Receiving out of the backfield. That fell through. What did he do? He went ahead and got Duke Johnson. Who's Duke Johnson? What is his strength? Receiving out of the backfield. Okay? But then, in the draft, he doubled down, drafted James Cook out of Georgia in round two. What type of a back is James Cook? He is a receiving back who excels in the past game as a running back. Dynamic. Very fast. McKissick, uh, uh, Duke Johnson, James Cook, 
fast running backs. Speed receiving ability. Do you, do you see the prototype that he's looking for? All right. So now you fast forward to the regular season. We got Zach Moss. Zach Moss is just not really doing the thing. He just really isn't. You know, and, and I don't really think that they figured out their, their true identity in the run game, so to speak, because they thought Zach Moss would be the closer, the power back that they would use, four-minute offense, close out games, goal line, didn't work out. Especially when you have a 6'5", 640-pound quarterback who can essentially be your third down, your short, short yardage back himself, right? Short yardage, fourth and one, goal line, whatever. Josh Allen is doing that. So why have Zach Moss? No need. Really. That's what it boiled down to. And so when the trade deadline started to approach, now we started to hear these rumors, CMC, right? Alvin Kamara. We're starting to see the guys that Brandon Bean is looking for, the prototype, that receiving type of a back. Now, many would ask, why would Brandon Bean go after another running back, um, especially one um, um, with that type of a skill set and a veteran, considering you have Motor Singletary and you just drafted James Cook in round two? Well, while I understand all of that, you look at James Cook, he's a rookie. Right. And hasn't he not looked like a rookie so far? He hasn't. He hasn't really. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. He has looked like a rookie. I, I beg your pardon. All right. Granted. Yeah. He's flashed time, you know, from here and there last week. Right. We've seen that 40 yard pass that, that I think was 40 something yards. Right. That Josh gave him. We started to see the reason why Brandon Bean drafted him in round two and used and, and we see the why the team used him the way they did. That's the potential that he has, but he's not consistent just yet. So, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey, Brandon Bean, all on lockstep. They're like, yo, as much as we like James Cook and the potential of James Cook, he's just not ready to take that next step just yet. So, let's hedge our bets by getting a veteran who has a similar skill set but has the experience factor over James Cook. And a guy who could, who could also mentor the likes of James Cook as well. I had made mention of it once before of when people were talking about CMC and not having Christian McCaffrey. I was like, yo, McCaffrey could mentor Cook. Same skill set. Same idea, right, with Naheem Hines. A lot less expensive okay so Brandon Bean pulled the trigger brought Naheem Hines in so now you look at the dynamic in the running back in the, in the running back room motor Singletary you've got him we know he Singletary is, is he's going to take the bulk of the carries we know that right we, we know that we started to see his 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 uh his carries increase already what did he what did he get um last week what were his carries last week? If I'm not mistaken, I think they were close to about 15 or 17, right? Somebody, somebody fact check me. What were Motor Singletary's uh, snap count? Well, not snap count, but his, his carries last week. Let me know in the chat. But I'm thinking it was around 15 or so. Okay. That's good for this offense. Again, we're not a run first team. 
but we do need to give our running backs, namely Motor Singletary, more touches in the run game, right? To ease pressure off of Josh Allen, okay? You know what I'm saying? And so that's what Motor's going to do. And in fact, if you guys caught um, our spaces, uh, I think it was yesterday with myself, Kevin Syracuse, and I, we were, we were discussing um, just, just some snap cares, or I mean snap cares, um, um, snap share. And a uh, matter of fact, let me, I want to pull it up too, because he even, uh, Kevin, even shout out to Kevin Syracuse. Um, if you guys are not following him, go ahead and follow him. Um, incredible uh, contributor with the, with the fanatics. Uh, so he, 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 matter of fact, he wrote an article that, that was published today. Go check that out. Called Bill Shake Up Backfield, acquire running back Naheem Hines from the Colts. Support BF.com. Go ahead and follow that. The BuffaloFanatics.com as well. And at the end of the article, he mentioned our conversation. All right. He mentioned our conversation. And uh, basically, he was saying that we, we, we had discussed um, the game plan for the Bills, uh, where they throw the ball about 40 times. Okay. Because we looked at, 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 at I guess, like the average or the, the average um, offensive plays. It was about 70, all right? And so we, we figured about 40 of those are passing attempts, and the other 30 roughly are running attempts. Out of those 30 rushing attempts, we predicted that Singletary would get about 15 of those. 15. And then Naheem Hines comes in. He would get about seven to eight, okay? And then Allen would, would, would be left with the rest, right? Six to seven, okay? Which includes some of his, his, his uh, scramble runs and his design runs, okay? And then maybe James Cook would get sprinkled in there with a couple, all right? So when you look at that, you say Motor Singletary is going to get about 15 of those. So that's what he needs, about 15 carries. That's perfect for him. That's perfect for this offense. Then you add in a guy like Naheem Hines, give him about seven or eight. Seven or eight carries. Because he's an RB two, and you let him, and you let him, you let him spell Motor Singletary when he's tired, he needs a blow, or you want to switch things up. But you know what? What I love about this is it gives you so much flexibility. It gives it gives the offense so much flexibility. They can morph into just about whatever they want to do. They can be whoever they want to be in this offense. When you add a guy like Naheem Hines to this offense. Naheem Hines with, with Indy was criminally misused. Let me say that again. He was criminally misused in Indianapolis. I get it. They had Jonathan Taylor, phenomenal running back. But a guy like Naheem Hines is fantastic. It was seeing what you look like in Indy when given the opportunity. And he's so much more than just a receiving back. He can run the rock too. And he has special teams value. Incredible special teams value, right? And you think about it, what does Sean McDermott value out of guys who are not typically your starters? Special teams. How can you contribute to this team when you're not starting. Can you contribute on special teams? Now, we know James Cook is not going to do that. He's a rookie, right? 
second round draft pick at that. They're not going to give it to him. All right, but then just the responsibility, they just don't trust him with it. So you look at Zach Moss. Did Zach Moss contribute on special teams? Absolutely not. So now you look at a guy like Naeem Hines who adds special teams value. Plus, on top of that, let's take a look at the Bills' current kick return and punt returners. Who do we have that we can really rely on? Say McKenzie? Yeah. Naheem Hines is that dude. Oh, yeah. No doubt. He has ability and experience in the kick return game and punt return game. So he, he, so he brings it from multiple facets of the game. Running the ball, receiving, and special teams. His value is incredible. And then for what Brandon Bean got him for, chef's kiss. Fantastic, right? Well, you know what else is fantastic? Scott Van Lue coming in again with another super chat. Scott, I appreciate it. He says, yo, Rev, also, do you think that the Bills have a chance of winning this weekend against the Jets? I mean, the Jets look really good. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's going to be a close game? Scott, I appreciate that, baby. Um, I'm going to get into the Jets preview talk um, a little later in the show, so stick with me on that one, okay? But what do you guys think about the Jets game? Let me know in the chat how you feel about it. All right. But back to Naheem Hines. This guy, what he adds to the team is incredible. Okay. He, he adds so much value to this team. Let's just take a look at it on offense about just how multiple we can be. Think about, about the potential. This is just the personnel packages. If, if, if Brandon Bean wanted to go. I mean, not Brandon Bean. If Ken Dorsey decided to go 10 personnel, one running back, no tight end, four wide receivers. He's got Diggs Davis, right? McKenzie and um, um, Shakir, right? Let's say he lines up with those four. And then he puts Naheem Hines in the back, in the backfield. Then let's say you look at, you after you spread the defense out, you find some, some matchups, and then Allen decides to motion Naheem Hines out of the backfield, and now you've got five receivers out, essentially, right? Who's stopping that? <laughs> what defense do you know can go that deep? Not just covering the four wide receivers that we put on the field, but now you throw in Naheem Hines, empty set. Or better yet, or better yet, let's say, um, let's say he does a different personnel package, right? Where he has Naheem Hines initially out in the slot, but then he brings him back in for matchups after he spreads out the the, the defense, takes a look at what's going on, then he brings Naheem Hines back into formation and hands the ball off against a spread look. It's just so much, right? So much that you can do. You can bring in Naheem Hines and James Cook. 21 personnel. Two back, one tight. It, 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 just the possibilities are endless. Because now you have to account for a running back of Naheem Hines' caliber, right? Out of the backfield catching passes. And you put him in here with, with James Cook. You got two of those guys. It's, it's I don't know, man. It, it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing. I absolutely love 
I absolutely love what Brandon Bean did. I love it. I, I love bringing him here. Now, granted, this is all on paper. We have to see him play, obviously, right? But I, I, I shudder to, to, to think that Ken Dorsey, with Josh Allen and these weapons, will have a difficult time figuring out how to best utilize the skills of Naheem Hines. I don't think he's going to have any problems at all. None. None whatsoever. At all. I mean, he, he's, he, he's just that good. Ken Dorsey is that good at scheming offense. Right? We've seen it so far. 6-1 for a reason. Right? We, 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 we understand what he's trying to do on offense. And then you add a guy like that. You add that type of a, a skill set, that weapon on offense. And I call him a weapon because I think he's more than just a running back. He's more than just a running back. What do you guys think about it? What are your thoughts on uh, Naheem Hines? What are your thoughts on it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Or are you kind of somewhere in between? I think it's great. I do, I do. And, and so many are probably thinking about, okay, well, now that we got Naeem Hines, yo, what does that mean for Devin Singletary moving forward? Well, that is a good question to, to ask, right? And uh, Kevin Syracuse and I were discussing that in Twitter spaces yesterday. Go check that out. I think it's still up on the Buffalo Fanatics, and he may have even shared it on his own um, account as well. But when you look at it, it doesn't really, in my opinion, it doesn't really change anything right now. Right? And I think Sean McDermott may have alluded to this um, today. Either he did it or, or Brandon Bean. I can't remember. I think it was McDermott in his press conference. It doesn't really, it, it doesn't really affect much right now. Right? It, doesn't, it doesn't affect much. But, though, but going forward in the future, this is where I think we can see some things change. Because when you look at it, Devin Singletary, a.k.a. Motor, is in the final year of his rookie contract, right? The final year of his rookie deal. So with him in the final year of his deal, do you see Brandon Bean bringing him back next year when you have and you just traded for Naheem Hines and you have a second-round draft pick that you invested in and James Cook? Because when you look at it, let's take, matter of fact, let's, let's do this. Let's take a look at, at Motor Singletary's value, okay? I did this the other day. I want to do it again. If you, if you take a look at, at his value, so like what, what, what is Motor Singletary worth? What is he worth? Well, according to Spotrack, this is what they think, okay? Um, if my page wants to come up, I don't know. It's kind of acting wonky on me right now. Where is it at? Come on, man. Come on up. Here we go. Here we go. All right, so according to Spot Track, 
They have Devin Singletary pegged with a market value of, hold on. Boy, this, this thing is going really slow right now. I may need to close some of these pages. Come on now. I think the last time I checked, it was about three year, a little over $15 million. Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody fact check me. Okay. Somebody fact check me because I'm having, I'm having some difficulties pulling it up, but I'm, I'm, I'm about positive. It was around the three year, $15 million range. Okay. And about 5 million, give or take a little over 5 million, um, average annual salary. So if that's the case, if that's um, his value, and then you look at you look at what Brandon Bean paid Naheem Hines, or you look at his contract, uh, he would essentially have, let me see here, close to what close to close to ten million dollars on the books to two running backs, right? I don't see Brandon Bean doing that. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see it happening. Which is why I believe this move makes sense for not just right now, the short term, but also the long term. And what I also think is going to happen is we're going to see, there we go, internet finally decided to pop in $5.3 million average annual salary, according to SpotTrack for Devin Singletary. Three-year, $15.9 million is, is, their, is their market value. Okay? So... Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't see it happening. I don't I don't see Brandon Bean re-signing Devin Singletary and keeping Naheem Hines at the same time with that with those contracts on the books. I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Um so Motor could be pricing himself out. Or what they could do is this get the most out of motor this year. It doesn't, make, doesn't it make sense? He's in a contract year. Don't you think that Motor would want to be even the more motivated, right, to earn um, market value second contract? And that value could even increase as the year goes on. Depending upon how Motor ends his season, that market value could change. It could go up or go down. So what I what I what I foresee happening is I foresee uh, Motor getting more carries, more touches. I, I'm, I'm starting to see 15 carry range a game, giving him those looks. You give him those looks, he's going to produce. And what you want you want him to produce because you want him to earn that second contract. Which essentially what it will, it will do is it will price himself up, and then bring keep it like you know what. He's just too much. We can't, we can't afford him and Hines at the same time, right? Motor, we appreciate everything you've done for us. You know what I'm saying? These four years, congratulations, man. Go out there and, 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 and get paid. Best wishes. You know what I'm saying? It's a win-win. It's a win-win. And I can't see Devin Singletary wanting to come back again under these current circumstances. You look at what he's had to go through. Rookie year, he played underneath Frank Gore. Right. 
second year, what happened? We know what happened. He got injured. All right, didn't he get injured a lot? Right, second year, and then third year. Was it his third year or was it his second year? They they ended up drafting Zach Moss, right? You drafted Zach Moss, the same round that he was drafted in. Okay, and then, and then, and then this year, the final year, they went ahead and draft James Cook in round two. So it seems to me that Brandon Bean has been trying to, at least maybe maybe this is from this is how Devin looks at it. But trying to draft his replacement. And so you think that now, now on top of that, <laughs> you bring in a guy like, so just think about it. I can't, I can't believe I forgot about all this. So now, so, so, so check this out. Frank Gore, year one, okay? Uh, Zach Moss, maybe year two or year three. I can't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, okay? This year, free agency. J.D. McKissick falls through. Duke Johnson, bring in Duke. Draft James Cook round two. In the season, trade deadline, sign or trade for Naheem Hines. Motor's like, what in the world is going on? You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. It's produce whenever, I, whenever my number is called. But I guarantee you this. You're not going to see me next year. I, enough of this. You're not going to see me next year. So Mortar is going to be highly motivated this year to get that bag, produce as, as, as best as he can within this offense, get paid, move on. That's what I see happening, which is a win-win for both parties, right? Because we get the best out of Motor Singletary this year in this offense. That's what I think is going to happen. So next year, now we could enter into next year with Naheem Hines, right? Because he's still under contract. Naheem Hines and James Cook. James Cook, year two. More seasoned. More developed. Learning behind these veterans. Like Devin Singletary. Duke Johnson on the practice squad still. Like Naheem Hines. Getting mentored likely by Naheem Hines. Watching him, same skill set. So now you enter into year two, James Cook. That backfield could look pretty good. Naeem Hines, James Cook going forward. Very dynamic backfield. I think that fits the DNA of this offense and what they're trying to do offensively. Having running backs who can do it all. Run out of the backfield, catch out of the backfield. You know what I'm saying? Have value special teams. Mismatches galore with incredible speed it's 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 fantastic it's fantastic and i'm with I'm, i mean avery comes in he says yo i love motor absolutely i do too man i love motor too i wrote an article about motor i love motor but you know what i'm saying when you look at this it just it just makes sense man it just makes sense and then pierre kingpin yo says your motor has won every single time every time rb1 baby Every time he gets the rock in his hands, he has one. He's doing his thing. He produces. What is he looking like right now? Huh? His, his, his yards per carry. Somebody look that up. I know it's got to be like four and a half yards per carry. Consistently throughout his career so far. Devin Singletary is that guy, man. He's that, we, we know it. We know it. 
but unfortunately, man, this is just this is just the business of the of the NFL. It's the business of the NFL. Motor Singletary for his career averaged four point five yards per carry. Man, that's good. It's just a shame that we didn't run the ball more and feature him more than the offense. But when you have Josh Allen, you mean you know what I'm saying you can't really expect him to get the ball a whole lot. But this year, um, I think he's going to do well. He's going to do well. He's going to continue to perform, continue to show him that he's RB1 on this team, continue to do the doggone thing with Naheem Hines. It's going to be great. And then you've got James Cook coming off the bench. Spot duty. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. But you know what else I love? I love the fact that we've got about 200 of y'all in here right now strong. The chat is live and popping off. So I need you guys to do me this favor. Smash that like button and hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all things Buffalo Fanatics. Let's keep it moving, baby, because that wasn't the only move that Brandon Bean made at the trade deadline. I'm just saying, says, yo, it's Cook before Hines. I'm just saying, are you, baby? I don't know, man. I don't think so. I think it's Hines all day. And if we know anything about Sean McDermott, he loves these vets. He loves them. He loves vets. If they had that much trust and faith in the rookie, I don't think we see him making this type of a move. But then Brandon Bean goes, he, he, even, he even spoke on it in his press conference saying that, yo, they've been, he, was, he was looking at, at, at getting him before. He said, and he, he alluded to the comparison to guys like, like Emmanuel Sanders, right? How they tried, he tried to get him before. This didn't work out. So he's had his eyes on Naheem Hines. You think for one second that if he, Gets the opportunity to bring him on the squad. He's not going to do it. He, he, he's, he's going to. He, he sees the value in him. He brings him on the squad. He got him. There's no way I see Cook over Hines. I, it's just not. I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. But I'm just saying, we'll see. what it, we'll, we'll see. But as I mentioned, that was not the only move that Brandon Bean made. It wasn't the only move. And this move right here, was, in my opinion, probably even more valuable of a move to the team than Naheem Hines. What do I mean by that? Who was it? It's when he acquired Dean Marlowe. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, Dean Marlowe to the Buffalo Bills. Why do I say that particular trade move is, is more valuable than adding a guy like Naheem Hines? I'll tell you why. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Micah Hyde out for the year, right? Jordan Poyer nursing a shoulder injury. Okay. Look, I love my team. Love the squad, love the players that they got on there. Tamar Hamlin, love him. Jaquan Johnson, love him. And I'm sure Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, and the like will get on in front of the camera and we'll talk about how much they, they, they trust, you know, every player that's on this team. Yada, 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 whoop-de-whoop. That's just talk. 
know what I'm saying? But show me. Show me the baby. You're looking at it right now. When you look at the fact that we don't have our second-team all-pro safety center fielder, Micah Hyde on this team. And then you look at the defense of what they had to do, had trying to replace him by adding DeMar Hamlin, who I like, to go alongside of Jordan Poyer. You look at the dynamic of the secondary, just specifically the safety position. It's different, right? Because DeMar Hamlin is more of a, he's more of that box safety. For one, he doesn't have the speed. Number two, he doesn't have the range of a guy like Micah Hyde. So you have to play him differently. You play him closer to the box, to the line of scrimmage. It's like you do Jordan Poirier, right? It's worked. Seven games in, it's worked, right? But now when you get a guy like Jordan Poirier getting banged up, injuring his shoulder, one has to ask, what does our depth look like at the safety position without Jordan Poirier? Damar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson, are you going to trust, really going to trust Jaquan Johnson again with Damar Hamlin? We saw what happened when they, when they faced the Dolphins, right? We don't know how long Poirier is going to be injured. We don't know how long. We don't know, we don't understand, we don't know that, right? But going forward, we need to secure the depth with guys that we truly trust, guys that we can truly count on and rely on week in and week out, to perform. So when you look at the the depth chart, safety position, to me, was was like popping out like a sore thumb. That thing was like, yo, man, oh, man, I don't know about that. Uh, If me look, going forward, doesn't look too good. Right? It doesn't look too good. So I'm not comfortable. As a fan, I'm not comfortable with, with Jaquan Johnson and, and DeMar Hamlin. So if I'm not comfortable, and I'm a nobody, do you know Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean were not comfortable either? Okay? And so at the trade deadline, they were looking at some safeties. And I think Brandon Bean said that he, he had about 10 on his list. That goes to show you just how comfortable he really was with Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin, okay? And so he goes ahead, pulls the trigger, and brings back Dean Marlowe. Dean Marlowe, former Bills, safety, right? Left in free agency, went to Detroit, and then from Detroit to Atlanta. Atlanta back home to Buffalo. The reason I love this move is because he's familiar with the scheme, familiar with the system. He's had a start before when he was with the Bills, and he has performed very well. Not only that, and yes, Ronald Ringler comes in. He says, yo, Marlo has, where you go? Where'd you go? Marlo has lots of experience in this system. 100%. I agree with that. He has, a, he has tons of experience in this system, so he doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to get up to speed. He knows it. Day one, boom, put him back there. He knows it, okay? 
But not only does he know it, he's good at it. And you need somebody like a DeMar Hamlin uh, on this team, especially when you don't have Micah Hyde and you're not going to have Jordan Poyer. So Dean Marlowe, and then you look, you look at you look at the guy, I mean, how can you not love him, right? But then he fits the prototype. Look at his size, man. Dean Marlowe, what is he? 6'1? Right? 6'1. He's a big safety. A big safety. Who's played well in this in this scheme before. Okay? And so he's a perfect fit. He's a veteran. What is he? A 30, I think he's, what, 30 years old. He's a vet. Do we expect him to, to stay with the team long term? No. Okay? No, this, this wasn't that type of a deal. It was insurance. And you always want to make sure you got insurance because you never know when you get to cash in that policy. And guess what? We're likely going to have to cash that policy in this Sunday against the Jets. But we'll talk about that later. So then he brings in – so now he brings in Dean Marlowe. And didn't you, don't you, didn't you love – uh, did you guys catch that, that, uh, I think it was a tweet or maybe it was on Instagram from his wife, just how much, you know, she was in like in tears right now, just about how much she loves the fact that they're coming back to Buffalo, call it home and how much they love and appreciate just the love and support that they've gotten so far. That that's fantastic. That's, that's what you want. And that's what you want. Uh Brian Bowers, uh, I don't know if you're talking to me, but he says, yo, nah, bro, uh, Poyer is a ball hawk and covers a lot of ground. That's not Hamlin. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe you're talking to somebody else in the chat. Yeah, Hamlin is not that ball hawk. He's not that guy. So you got Jordan Poyer, but then you bring in a guy like Dean Marlowe who also can do the same thing. He has range. He has that size. It's perfect. It's perfect. Okay? And then even with Poyer being out, uh, even with him out, you can trust Marlowe and Hamlin. Can you not? That's great because now you have a veteran who can, who, who can, who can do some of the things that Jordan Poirier can do and Micah High can do, who has the, 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 the range, right? And then you use DeMar Hamlin closer to the box, right? As more of that, that blitzing type of a safety. It's perfect. You don't really miss, miss too much of a beat. That's why that's that's why that's why I love it. That's why I think um, this makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. And then um, somebody, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to find the injury report. That's that's what I'm looking for, and I can't I can't find it. Um, somebody let me know for sure if Poirier is out. I'm pretty sure I, I thought I heard that Poirier was not going to be um, playing. I'm trying to look for that injury report. And I just don't see it. Let me see here. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Where is it at, man? I thought they posted it. I can't find it. I can't find it. But nevertheless, oh, Poyer's day-to-day. He's day-to-day. Okay. So we'll see, man. If Poyer plays, uh, man, if, if Poyer plays, then that's even better, right? Depending upon just how healthy he is, but assuming he's healthy enough to, 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 to contribute and to play well, um, you got Poirier and Marlowe. Beautiful. And I think that should be the starting safeties throughout the rest of the season. And then if Poirier is to miss the game, I'm okay with, with Marlowe 
and Hamlin. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And you know why I'm fine with that? I'll, t- I'll tell you why I'm fine with that. And I want to show you. Let me see here. <laughs> this is going to be funny. This is going to be funny. I want to show you. Let me, let, me, let me share my screen. Let me share my screen. This is why I am, I am so, so comfortable right now um, with, uh, with bringing in Marlowe and Hamlin. I'm fine with it. And this is why. You see that pretty face right there? Look at that. Look at that handsome gentleman. My man, for those who are listening via podcast, I am showing the face of the franchise. <laughs> My man, Trey Day. Tredavious White. Tredavious White, baby. Take away Trey, Brian Bauer says, absolutely. And in case you didn't know, this comes through the newswire, right? Maddie Glab, team reporter, she reports this. I'm on the buffalobills.com's website. She says the Bills have activated my man, Tredavious White, from the reserve PUP list. Trey White is back, baby. And in addition to that, they reinstated Xavier Rose to the practice squad. And, of course, they had to release some players, right, to make room. They had to release uh, cornerback Jordan Miller from the practice squad. Jordan Miller, excuse me. Uh, from the practice squad, and they also released uh, defensive tackle Brandon Bryant as well as receiver Isaiah Hodgins, who just got picked up by the Giants. So now, Trey White is back. Trey White is back. This is why I'm comfortable with it. This is why I'm comfortable. I'm not really concerned too much about Dean Marlowe, DeMar Hamlin, if that needs to be, because we're getting Trey White back. Now, we still don't quite know whether or not Trey's going to play. We won't talk about that, though. Will he play? Will Trey White play today? I mean, not today. Obviously, he's not playing today. Will he play Sunday against the Jets? That's my question. What do you guys think? Biz Mafia, let me know in the chat. How do you think? What do you think? If you're watching this on the, on, on the, on the replay, Comment below, do you think Trey is going to play Sunday against the Jets? And if he does, what type of a percentage do you see him getting? How much do you think he plays? Elk comes in already. Elk Niv 06 says, yes, but limited a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, when Trey, if 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 they go ahead and make the decision to uh, to play Trey or to dress him, I think you'll play a little bit. You don't want him coming back. Yeah, granted, he's been practicing, right? But you don't want to just throw him in there and give him the just the line share of the snaps. You know, no, you don't want to do that. You want to ease him into 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 action, right? Into game action. Remember, Trey, he's still getting back to to his. You know what I'm saying? To to regular season form. The rest of the team is ready. Trey is healthy enough to practice, right, to play, but he's not quite ready yet. In my opinion, I don't know. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I don't think he's that quite ready to play a lot of snaps. 
sprinkle them in there, right? Much like they currently do right now with um, Kyer Elam and uh, Christian Binford. Maybe sprinkle Trey in there a little bit, right? Give him some snaps. Let him work his way back in it. Or maybe, maybe, like Bobby Glean says, you save him for the home game versus the Vikings. And you know what? As much as I like to see Trey back, this is kind of where I'm at. Bring him for a home game, right? Let his first game be for a home game before the home crowd. Bills Mafia. Strong. Sold out, packed out crowd against the 6-1 Minnesota Vikings. Bring him in for that. And then also, I've been hearing um, a lot of complaints about complaints about that field in MetLife Stadium. How shoddy that that field is. And I don't want I don't want Trey getting re-injured or aggravating his knee again. I don't want that. I don't want anybody, for that matter, um, getting injured. But if there's somebody I definitely don't want to, especially considering the fact that he's coming back from a torn ACL, it's Trey White. I don't want him on that field. If we can spare him, if we can deal with it without him, fine. We've gone this long without him. He's activated, right? He's back. Bring him on sideline. Let him help out. I don't know what I'm saying. Let him, let him bring some encouragement to the guys. But I think we'll be fine, especially against the Jets. You know what I'm saying? Like, excuse me while I put some Carmex on the lips, baby. Especially against the Jets. I, I just don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, do we really need him against the Jets? Really? Like, like do we really? Really? Who do the, who, I mean, who, who do the Jets have? That would require us to play Trey. Garrett Wilson. Okay, I'll see you, Garrett Wilson, and I'll raise you, Kyrie. Braxton Berrios. I'll see you, Braxton Berrios, and I'll raise you a Teron Johnson. Who else? Huh? Who? Yeah, exactly. And the church say, amen. Huh? Huh? Who else, baby? Who else? And the church say, amen, baby. I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. There's no reason. I'm not, I'm not afraid of the Jets. They don't have anybody on that team that concerns me. That, that makes you be like, you know, we need Trey on the field. Against that team, those weapons, we need Trey on the field. No. I'm, I'm fine. Tyler Croft. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bills, Bills Maniac 210 says, yo, no one. Absolutely no one. I say the same exact thing, man. Like, the, I, I, the, anyway, I'm not, I'm not concerned. But I am happy that Trey is activated, right, that he's back, that he's back. But if he were to play, I see a very limited snaps from him, right? Let him ease himself in there. Maybe you ease him in here and there, and then you let him go not necessarily full blow or full go next week against the Vikings at home, but you just continue to increase 
um, his snaps. That's a possibility as well. I don't know what Sean McDermott is thinking right now, right? Obviously, if I did, I would be a rich man, but I'm not. So I don't, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. And I'm looking, so now let's, let's, let's look, let's, let's take a look at the schedule, okay, going forward, all right, and see um, when you could see Trey coming back full go, 100%, back in rare form, right, doing his thing, starting. So we got the Jets coming up this Sunday. Week after that, you got you got uh you got the Vikings, okay maybe. What about week eleven? You see him by week eleven against the Browns. Maybe the Lions on Thanksgiving. I don't know. I mean, there's there's really no no wide receiving weapons that that scares that would demand him to go ahead and be like yo I need to get him in sooner than later, right? But. Nevertheless, I think the Vikings would be fine. Cleveland, week 11, you can see it. Home against the Browns, I agree. Alcaniv 06, says, he says home against the Browns. Uh, that's about it, right? That's about it. I'm confident in the players that we have right now. When you look at Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, I'm fine. Those are just three outside. Not to mention Teron Johnson inside. We're fine. We will be just fine. But I'm excited about this because... Our defense is getting key guys back, right? Of course, I understand, like, Jordan Poirier is out, right? But we're, get, we're getting Trey White back. We're getting Trey White back. And our defense is already tops of the league right now. Imagine how much better we will be when you bring in Trey White and he gets back to his rare, rare all-pro form. Shut down half the field. It's a wrap. Other side. Now that's the conversation that we can have. When Trey White returns back to form, who is starting on the other side? Is it Dane Jackson? Do you just go with Dane Jackson? Or is it Kyrie Elam? Or does Christian Benford get the nod? Man, that's, that's a conversation to have. Because all those guys have been performing really well. I think it's going to be between Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam. Christian Benford, you know what I'm saying, is, is going to learn. He's going to develop some more. Right? And I think him injuring his hand, breaking his hand, uh, injuring his hand and having to be out kind of paved the way for Kyrie Elam to take away some of those snaps and develop more. Okay? It's fine. It's fine. Benford ain't going anywhere. So now it's Dane Jackson versus Kyrie Elam. Do you... Give it to Dane Jackson, who has performed very well. And what would that look like if Dane Jackson gets to start over your first-round draft pick, Kyrie Elam? Mm. Oh, man. I don't know about that. I don't know. Let's take a look at the chat. What do you guys think? I see some people coming in in the chat yo, uh, saying, yo, look, um, they're talking about Moving some guys to safety. Oh, I've heard that conversation before. I've heard that conversation before. Who do, who are you guys suggesting move to safety? Is it Trey White? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And I guess it really depends on what he looks like coming back. Right? If Trey White coming back from his, his torn ACL 
Endgame looks like he has lost a step, then I would consider possibly moving him to safety. Because Leslie Frazier had mentioned it. I think there was a question was asked. Um, who, who asked the question? Um, I think it was uh, Mookie Hawkins. He may, it may have been Mookie Hawkins. He may have asked the question to Leslie Frazier about the difficulty or, or just, you know, about, about, you know, the idea of cornerbacks transitioning to safety. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but Leslie Frazier basically said, yeah, you know, it's normally you would no, you normally see the cornerbacks transitioning to safety as opposed to safety transitioning in the corner. The skill set is different, right? Um, but normally you would see a corner doing it if they have lost a step for some reason. Then you see them transition back to safety because the safety position doesn't really demand that quick twitch reactionary type of uh, ability as a cornerback does in the National Football League, right? Safety, you kind of have the whole field, you know, in front of you. Corner, depending upon, you know, the scheme, you're more reactionary, right? And so if a cornerback has lost a step, right, in his reaction, then you consider transitioning to safety if he has the ball skills or whatever. And so if Trey White, and I hope that that's not the case, because Trey Wright, man, Trey, I don't know why I'm saying Trey Wright. Trey White is all pro cornerback. All right? I hope that he's back to his rare form. Leave him there. Leave him at cornerback. Leave him at corner. Now, there is a guy that I would consider transitioning to safety. And that's, to me, that would be Christian Benford. I would consider that. That's that. That's that's who I would consider, because if Trey White is back, and then you have Dane Jackson and Kyer Elam, you just got Christian Benford sitting the pine, right? So why not? Why not get him in the the transition program right now while he's still under his rookie contract? Because there's no telling how Micah Hyde will look when he returns, and then there's no telling that Jordan Porter will be here beyond this season as well. So the, so the entire safety room could look completely different beyond this year. So that would be a guy. Christian Benford would be the guy that I would, that I would consider uh, moving uh, to safety if need be, right? Uh, let's see here. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at Christian Benford's Raz. Right, his RAS score, his relatively athletic score, all right, coming out of college, is over an eight. Okay, he scored eight point one four out of a, out of ten. His his so his RAS score is very good, very good. In fact, the composite size grade gives him it's it's elite. <laughs> when you look at it, they said his eight point one four RAS score is elite. 10-yard split, elite, 9-2-7, all right? Uh, so he's six foot two ten, two oh eight, two ten, something like that. Move him to safety. You know, who are, you know who Benford reminds me of? Even looking at him playing cornerback, you know what I'm saying? When you look at him on the field, you know, he, he reminds me a lot like Aaron Williams. You guys remember Aaron Williams, right, former safety out of, out of the University of Texas? 
Coming out of Texas, Buddy Nix, former GM, drafted him. I think round two. He was a cornerback in, in Texas. He got to the NFL and uh, played corner, I think, for a year. Just, just, just wasn't all that, right? Made the switch, made the transition to safety, and boom, it just clicked. He fit like a glove. Very good safety for the Bills. Very good. Unfortunate that, you know, um, he sustained that neck injury that ended his career. And had that not been the case, there's no telling, you know, how good he would have been and how much and how long he would have been playing. But I just when I look at Christian Benford, I see that. I kind of I kind of see that 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 same skill set, um, that same look. Uh, <laughs> Doug comes in. Uh, he says, "Yo, I love Aaron Williams. Me too, man. Me too. I, I absolutely loved him. I, I thought he, I thought he just fit perfectly." Uh, Brian Bauer says the same thing. Yo, I loved Aaron Williams. I can see Christian Benford in that type. And can you imagine that? Christian Benford, Jordan Poirier, Christian Benford. Maybe you, maybe you, you keep Dean Marlowe. You get Demar Hamlin. You add somebody in the draft. The safety position could look a lot different next year, right? So if you're, so if Brandon Bean is projecting making a switch or making some some changes next year and beyond, with the likes of Jordan Poyer, right? You don't know how Micah Hyde is going to look when he gets back. Why not? Why not go ahead and 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 let Benford get acclimated to the position, right? That's just my talk. That's just my take. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just pontificating. You know what I'm saying? I'm just pontificating. But you know what I'm not pontificating on? I'm not pontificating the fact that there's a almost 200 still in this room. Strong, baby. I appreciate you guys' support. Smash that like. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. But now, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Because we've got to talk about some things. We've got a game. This Sunday, right? We have got a game this Sunday against the New Jersey Jets. Yeah, I said it. They don't play in New York. You know what y'all talking about? There's only one team that plays in New York. And that's the Buffalo Bills, baby. So the Bills are going to Jersey to play the Jets. Who, I mean, by all accounts, right? I mean, have they look pretty good, right? I mean, to a degree, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta give them credit. You gotta give them some credit. What are their what's their record? Was it four and two? Remember, is that right? Four and two. Uh Ronald, I feel you, man. Ronald Ringley, he says, Yo, I still hate Jarvis Landry. I feel you, dude. That was that that was dirty, bro. Uncalled for. Anyway, so you look at the Jets. Um, the Jets have, they've looked pretty good. They've looked pretty good, right? I mean, and, and, and then, you know, I think coming into the year, at least, at least, at least I did coming into the year, we thought the AFC East was the Bills, right? Belonged to the Bills. We knew that. But then there was a toss up between the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And, uh, The Jets are five and three. I stand corrected. They're five and three. Okay. And so I was like, look, 
I thought the Jets would really challenge the Dolphins for second place in the AFC East. Some people were like, yo, that's crazy, man. Look at look at the talent that the Dolphins acquired. You got Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, this and that. And yeah, they do. But I did I just I just really felt like the Jets, when you look at, at the moves they made, and you look at the defense, especially the defense on defense um, and the draft, they did they did a great job. They did a great job by all accounts. I mean, you already look at it, right? People are talking about it right here. Bruce comes in. Yo, Sauce is great. Sauce Gardner, right? Very good cornerback. Rookie cornerback, very good. Make no mistake about it. He's a very good cornerback. Long, rangy, fast, right? C.J. Mosley. Big Q dog, Quinn and Williams up front. The Jets have some talent. They do. And the defense is pretty good. The defense is pretty good. So so it's nothing really to shake at. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You can't really just quite like overlook it, you know what I'm saying, to a degree, right? I mean, I'm not concerned about them offensively. The defense is, could, could possibly give us a little bit of fits. But let's look at it. Where do they rank? Where do the Jets and defense rank? Uh, let me see here. I'm trying to pull it up. If you guys have it, let me know. But the Jets, oh, where is it at? Currently rank, oh, no, that was last year. I think they're actually up there. Let me, let me, let me, let me try to find it. Anyway, if you guys can find it faster than I, am, than I can, let me know. But I'm pretty sure they're 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 pretty high up there, right? Because their defense is good. Um, let me see here. They might they might be top ten. They just might be top ten. Okay. But nevertheless, nevertheless, they have talent on the field. They got talent on that team. Okay. Um. So so like we we just can't really overlook the Jets. All right. But as we as we kind of preview that, that 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 game, what are some key matchups? Huh? What is a player to watch? Or maybe it's players to watch in this matchup. Who do you have your eyes on in this game? It could be you get your eye on a certain player on the Bills, it could be a certain player on the Jets. Could be a particular matchup that you're looking at. Let me know in the chat. And already, already, and I love it. Johnny Blaze comes in. He says, "Yo, it's Diggs versus Sauce. It's Diggs and Sauce, man. Without a doubt. Without a doubt." Brian Browers. He says, "Yo, it's McKenzie versus their nickel corner." Yep. Uh, Ronald. He says, "Yo, he comes. He says, yo, it's Sauce and Q." Right, I mean, Quinn and Williams. Their D-line versus the, our O-line, Johnny Blaze says that. You know, we, all, we all know, like, like get, it's all about the trenches, right? That's, that's where the games are won and lost. The games are won and lost in the trenches. Obviously, I'm going to have my eye on, 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 on uh, probably a few matchups. Definitely, it's going to be difficult not to look at Sauce versus Diggs. 
How can you not? Especially for a rookie man who's, who's talking all that talk, right? Flapping his gums, running his mouth. Nothing wrong with it, man. Be confident. Talk your chalk. You know what I'm saying? Talk trash. It's whatever. They just know who you're going up against. You ain't going up against no scrub. And I know you believe that you're not a scrub either. I'm not saying you are. But you're going up against the league's best. And Stephon Diggs. Who's made a living digging graves for cornerbacks. You know what I'm saying? He's made a living cooking DBs, breaking ankles. And I think that Diggs is going to serve his own sauce Sunday. You know what I'm saying? He's going to serve his own sauce. He's going to put his own dipping sauce on that thing, baby. That's going to be a great matchup. I want to see that. I want to see it, man. Uh, Juan Castillo says, yo, Diggs is about to school him. I think so, too, man. I, I, that's that. I, I'm just saying, says, yo, I, that, that's the matchup. That's the matchup. Uh, Dig, Johnny Blaze, he says, yo, Diggs is on another one this year. Thank you, Johnny, for saying that because, yo, Diggs is a different dude this year. I'm him. That's what he says, right? I'm him. Diggs is another animal, man. He's a different type of cat this year. And I think that that Diggs, uh, thank you, Richard Upton, for, for, for clarifying um, the Jets' defensive rankings. He says they're ranked number six. Yeah, that's what I thought I, I saw, too. I appreciate that. But Diggs is on another, he's on another level this year. And I think he's, it's almost out like he's out to prove to everybody that, yo, in case you forgot, in case you have recency bias, just a couple of years ago, I led the league in receiving. I know you guys may have forgotten about me. You got so lost and infatuated by Cooper Cup and what he did, Triple Crown winner last year. Much respect. But don't forget that I'm him. Don't forget I'm that man. Don't, don't, don't you forget it. And Diggs, y'all let me know if I'm right. Diggs is, what is he, second right now in the league in receiving? Second only to Tyreek Hill. Diggs is that man. He's that man. And Sauce is going to have some difficulties. He, he, he better make sure he comes with it. I think the intensity is going to be up another lot, notch. So I'm definitely highly anticipating that matchup. Love it. Uh, another matchup I'm looking forward to, or I guess, I guess just a, a guy that I have my eye on. <laughs> and oh, man. Oh, dude, it's it's Quentin Williams, man. It's 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 Q Dog. It's Q Dog. Like this brother right here. He's on another level. He is on another level. The brother's got six sacks right now from the defensive tackle position. He's tied for seventh in the NFL in sacks. Quentin Williams, big 6'3", 300-plus pound brother out of the University of Alabama. He's a, he's, he's a game 
wrecker. Absolute game wrecker. Avery Heyman comes in and says, yo, the matchup is the trenches. Yeah, that's where Q is. Right in them trenches. Right in them trenches. And if our offensive line is not up for the task and they let Q get loose, it could be it could be a very frustrating game, to say the least. Because if our offensive line is unable to protect Josh Allen against Q Williams, and he gets loose, and they start teeing off, it could be a problem. So that guy right there, you better make sure you circle big 95, right? The scouting report, you're looking for 95. Where is he at? Where is he? Circle him up. Scheme him to where you're putting guys on him, right? I don't want no one-on-one matchups against Q. Maybe if you have to, you know, fine. But that dude, is he's, he's just that dangerous. You have to respect it. He is just that dangerous. And then you've got, who else you got on that, across that D-line? Uh, let me see here. You got Sheldon Rankins. Right. Let me let me let me just check their 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 depth chart. Let me check their depth chart. Because they got they got they they've got some guys, man. They've got some guys. Now, am I am I like overly concerned? No, not really. But it's just you know what I'm saying. You want you want to make sure. Like, look, this is the NFL. There's talent all across the board. Every team has has a guy. Every team has a guy. And so you want to respect those guys, right? Q Williams is one of them guys. Quentin Williams, Sheldon Rankins, John Franklin Myers, Quan Alexander, all right, across the front. CJ Mosley. I'm going to watch out for Mosley, too. Sauce Garden, where I talked about. Uh, DJ Reed, the other cornerback. Across some songs. So, look, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it, you know, that defense is ranked where they are for a reason. Okay? They've given teams fits. They've given teams fits. Okay? Uh, Jordan Whitehead, safety. LaMarcus Joyner, maybe he, I mean, he looks like he's questionable. We'll see. But nevertheless, it's going to be some good matchups there. It's going to be some good matchups. Now, I see people talking about, yo, we have stopped the likes of Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons, right? Cam Hayward. Who else? I'm going through. I'm going. I'm trying to go through off the top of my head. Uh, Dolphins gave us some fits with that defense line. Who else am I missing? Some big dogs, man. Right. So we stopped them. For the most part, we've done we've done what we had to do. Our offensive line has protected Josh Allen enough for us in the offense to do what we need to do. And then, of course, Josh Allen, he's that guy, right? He, you know what I'm saying, when the offensive line, if they have some issues, you know, Josh Allen can just, he can cover some stuff up. 
with his scrambling ability and his ability in the pocket. Chris Jones, thanks. Man, I don't know how I forgot about that. I appreciate that, Brian. Yeah, Chris Jones. Um, yeah, we stopped him too. Uh, TJ Watt, I see you in here, but yo, TJ Watt was not playing when we played him uh, last. Um, so, nevertheless, I think we have the ability to stop some guys, to stop a guy like, like uh, Quinn Williams, but we don't need to overlook him. Okay, we don't need to do that. So, when you look at the matchups you've got, Sauce Gardner, Sauce on Diggs. You got Big Q, wherever they put him, right? Wherever they put him and whoever he matches, I'm sure he's going to flip around a little bit because he plays right D-tackle. So, he, so he, he may be up against uh, – uh, he, may, he may be up against Saffold, right? Or Bates, where they may shift him and may make him, you know, head up against on the center against Mitch Morse. He's, just, he's a talented guy like that. They move around. But let's just say the trenches, their D-line, our O-line. Um, another matchup or another player that I'm looking at. Mm. Let me see here. I'm always looking at our defense, our defensive line. Always going to look at our D-line. Uh, Vaughn Miller. I want to see Vaughn Miller. Uh, I want to see Greg Rousseau. Man, just the, the, all the guys, right? Because I'm looking at their offensive line. Um, it's not that good. Right, it really, it really isn't. It's not that good, and they've got some. They've got some guys that are on, that that are that are struggling, that are questionable. Dwayne Brown, um, questionable right now. Nate Herbig, they're the right guard, questionable. They got Lakin Thomas and Connor McGovern, right? Mike Rimmers. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried about that. I actually think that we're going to tee off on these guys. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think Zach Wilson is going to be just like Sam Darnold. He's going to be seeing ghosts. I think Zach is going to have trouble against this, this defensive front. And then when that defensive front, that pass rush gets after him, it's going to be possibly tip drill season for the likes of anybody who's, who's, who's around that ball. And we know we've got a lot of ball hawks. Maybe Matt Milano comes down with another pick six. Maybe he comes down with another pick again, right? That's what I'm looking forward to. I think our defense is going to just absolutely obliterate these guys. That's what I think. Uh, Don comes in. Yo, Don, yo, Don Handsome says, yo, our DBs will be tested. They will try to push White if they can. I don't know, man. I, I mean, how much will they be tested? The Garrett Wilson? Okay, uh, Garrett Wilson, like I mentioned earlier, I'll raise you Dane Jackson or Kyrie Elam, whoever's going to have that matchup. Denzel Mims, yeah. Elijah Moore, well, I mean, I mean, how much has Moore been, really been playing? He's been trying to get pushed out. That didn't happen, so now he's stuck. Corey Davis, you know what I'm saying? So, like, Tyler Conklin, they're tight end. We know Milano's going to be on that. He's going to erase that. So who do they have? Who do they who do they have? I, I don't really see anybody on there that 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 concerns me. So I don't know. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe you know you guys can enlighten me. Maybe I'm sipping the Kool Aid. I'm just not concerned about this team. Am I overlooking them? Do I think it's a trap game? No. 
first of all, for those who may be thinking about trap games and being concerned about trap games with this team, listen, this Bills team is not the same as last year. Look, look, they have, they have had to take their medicine. They spent an entire offseason getting 13 seconds replayed in their heads, seeing it on social media all the time, right? Thinking about the Jags game, all the I don't think for one second that this team is going to set themselves up for another trap game like they had last year against the Jags or not to be able to close games out like they did, like they were unable to do in the divisional round against the Chiefs. That, this team is different. Can you not see how they're playing? They're, they have a different attitude. And even when the games are close, they're closing it out. And the games have been close when they've been beating themselves up, shooting themselves in the foot, right? I mean, we, get, we saw the Dolphins. We, yeah, we, get, we get all that. This is the last, last game. Right? Green Bay played a terrible second half on offense. Beat them by 10 points. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when this team gets out of their own way, mainly it's on offense, I struggle to find any other team who can compete. It's, to me, it seems like it's, it's, it's the Bills and the Chiefs. It's them two and them two only. So the Jets, I'm not concerned about them. I have a healthy respect for their opponent, like Sean McDermott says, but I am not concerned about Zach Wilson and the Jets. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. There ain't no way in the world. No way. There's no way. But you do know, but you know what? Uh, what I am, what I, I don't know if it's a concern, but uh, it may, maybe it's something to look at. And that is Houston. Do, like, do, do we have a problem? Houston, do we have a problem? The Bills run defense. Now, I don't think he will come to bite us this game. Michael Carter, James Robinson. They don't have Brees Hall. Maybe if they had Brees Hall, it'd be a different story. But I've seen some things last week against the Packers defensively that I didn't like. And that was in their run defense. Letting Aaron Williams, I mean Aaron Jones, I'm sorry, and A.J. Dillon run all over them. And Leslie Frazier didn't appreciate it either. He spoke about it. How many yards did they give up? What was that? For 200 yards on the ground? Something like that? Crazy. Now, we understand there was a method to their madness, right? There was a method to their madness. The Packers had no receivers whatsoever. They had to rely on the ground game, but the Bills were not coming out of that nickel package. They were not coming out of it. I don't care. It's, it's, it seemed like, like Green Bay was testing them, trying to get them to get out of it, and Frazier's like, mm-mm, not happening. Not happening. Run the ball all you want, which they did, to the tune of 208 yards. On the ground, the Packers had. 
the most the Bills defense has sustained all year. Aaron Jones, 148 yards on the ground on 20 carries. A.J. Dillon, 10 for 54. Rodgers had one scramble for 11 yards. They ran the ball down our throats. And had it not been for the fact that they had no receivers, and then you couple the fact that the Bills' offense was looking kind of weird second half, the game might have gone a little bit differently. So am I saying, yo, ring the bell, ring the alarm, the Bills' rushing defense is in trouble? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is we probably need to tighten that up a little bit, right? Because it looked like we couldn't really figure out that run scheme that the Packers deployed. That's just, you know, my untrained eye. Now, I don't foresee the Jets being able to exploit the Bills' run defense like that because there's nobody that they have that brings fear to this defense, right? Maybe if Brees Hall was there, then it'd be a different story. But I, I mean, Michael Carter, James Robinson, no, I don't see it. Right? I don't see it. But when you go forward, okay, let's go forward, shall we? As we're about to close. As we go forward, could this be a problem? You guys let me know. Could this be a problem? Houston, do we have a problem? The Bills run defense? Or was that an anomaly? Or an aberration? Whatever the word is. One of them words. Let's look at it. I'm not concerned about the Jets. But next week, against the Vikings, um, can anybody say Dalvin Cook? Can you say Dalvin Cook, ladies and gentlemen? Dalvin Cook might be a problem. Week 11, you doggone better believe it might be a problem. If the Bills don't correct this now, when they face the Browns in week 11 against that two-headed monster in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they better get it together. Quick, fast, in a hurry. Don't think that this defense and the coaching staff is not looking ahead. Don't think they're like, we need to fix this right now. I know it's probably part of the game plan where we let them run because they let the Packers run because they couldn't pass the ball, and so we let them eat the clock. But had it not been for the lead that the offense has had given the defense and the game was closer, huh, huh, just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, could be something to look at. Right, could be something to look into. But overall, we good, right? Like John says, yo, we're good, man. Lazy Frazier already explained it. We'll see. I have a lot of trust in his and confidence in, in this uh, coaching staff, right? Uh, Gordis said, you know, said basically the same thing. Yo, I'm not worried at all about run defense. We've been run stuffing. I mean, we've been stuffing the run all season. Just a fluke game. I hope you guys are right. Again, I'm not sounding the alarm. Just something I noticed. And I wanted to throw it out there. Just throw it out there a little bit. Okay. But nevertheless, let's move on. Let's move on, baby. Because as we're about to close out the game, I mean close out the game, close out the show, do me this favor, smash that like, hit the subscribe button. Do that right now. Let's talk about some keys to big. 
big dubs. Keys to big dubs, baby. What is it going to take for the Bills to get this dub? What is it going to take? You guys let me know in the chat what you think. For those of you who watch on the replay, drop a comment below. What do you think are some keys to big dubs for the Bills? Number one for me, watch out for Q Williams. Watch out for Q. Find him. Get him under control. Protect Allen. We're good. Number two, do not shoot yourself in the foot. Because, see, this is how, this is how you lose these games you should win. And I don't call it a trap game. I, I, trap games, are they, they, just, they just overlook the team. But when you shoot yourself in the foot, you run the risk of losing games to teams that you should not lose to. This could be that. If the Bills shoot themselves in the foot. The offense, whatever that second half was against the, 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 the Packers, let's just get a piece of paper, let's just crumble that up, ball it up, throw them in trash, never happened. Let's not do that again. We can't, let's not have that again. All right? That was, that was ridiculous. Josh Allen, let's be honest, was reverting to some old tendencies in that game. He mentioned it himself. Those mistakes, those dumb interceptions, ridiculous. Uncharacteristically, Josh Allen, is that he's just not that guy anymore. He's been so far away from that guy. It's, it's, it's crazy to see him, like, resurface in that game. It was crazy. I don't think it's going to happen again. Let's hope not. Right? Because this is weird. Coming off a of bye week, I don't know what they were thinking. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. They played, they played fine first half. Second half was weird. It's a weird thing. And I'm, like, looking at Josh and some of those scrambles when he's scrambling and, and, and throwing the ball in the dirt, giving it, to, giving it up to to Jerry Alexander and just don't, I'm like, dude, what, run the ball. Josh, like, did somebody tell him not to run? I don't know. Use your legs. Run. If you have to escape, do that. Don't, don't make no dumb mistakes. If the Bills can avoid that, then I think we win easily. I was trying to find another word, but I couldn't come up with one. So score predictions. Score predictions. What do you think? Score prediction time, baby. We got this. I see Bills Maniac 210 coming to you. We got this. We got it, Rev. Yeah, you got that right. We do got it. Here we go. Score prediction time, baby. I want to know your score predictions. Billy Williams comes in. 35 to 7. Oh, I love every bit of it. Let me see who else you got. Who else? Let me know, baby. Let me know. John Herring comes in, yo, for his uh, keys to big dubs, score points, prevent scoring points. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. That would be it. Uh, 100 stack tripping. I'm a 7-3. Seven, seven Let's go. What, what are you talking about, baby? What are you talking about there? Uh, score predictions. Let's see here. Are there any others? Now we got, okay, Ronald Ringler comes in. He says, yo, 34-14. 34-14. Brian Cook comes in. 34-13. 31-10 from Johnny Blaze. Look at this one from Pete Tao. 47-7. to 
Brian Bowers comes in with a 38 to 6. Let me go back up to my man P Tao. They're 47-7. You know, I've been I've been predicting a 40 burger for the last two to three weeks already. And it's been ties about time that the Bills deliver on that 40 burger. I need to see a 40 burger. I'm ready for it. And what better week to do it than against a division opponent in the New York Jets? Let's let everybody know. Let's treat them like the little brother, right? Put them in the headlock and give them that little noogie, right? And push them aside. Congratulate them for, you know what I'm saying, for, for competing, for doing what they try to do, for trying. They tried it. Five and three, you tried it. Put them in the headlock, give them a noogie right upside the head, right? A little brother treatment. Let's 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 uh let's uh I'm saying smack some balls, right? You know what I'm saying? Like 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 they like like they they, they try they try to shoot the J, they think they got it. You just come in there and you smack it right upside the head. Not in my house. Like Matumbo's used to say. You know what I'm saying? No, let's treat them like they're supposed to be treated. 40 burger for the Bills. And so my prediction. My prediction. As we are about to head on out and smash that like for me. I say, and you know what? You know, I'm, I'm going to add this to it. I'm going to add this to it. This is going to be a no punt game also for the Bills. No punt game. Hmm. Do I want to go out there and say Bills score in every possession? I think they, I, I think they, no, I'm not going to go out there and say that. I'm not going to say that. I was tempted. I was tempted. Here's my, here's my thing. I am going to go with Bills. Forty-two. Let me give him forty-two. Yeah, I'm going to give him 40. No, let's, let's bump it up. 45. They'll throw a field goal in there. 45. Jets. 10. 45 to 10. 45-10, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I think is going to happen. 45-10. Bills all over the New York Jets. As the Buffalo Bills cruise to seven and one. First place still in the AFC. As they get that much closer to the number one seed, which is right and hand. Right there. It is right there. That's what I see, ladies and gentlemen. 42, no, 45 to 10. I see a lot of other ones. I see 38, 27. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, what else? What else did I say? 34, 20. Oh, man, y'all getting them 20? Ugh. I don't know about that. Mike Carlson, 45? Yeah, Mike. I'm going out there, man. 45. Somebody said, yo. Blue Dunk Rider, man, says, yo, no, sir. 21, 17. Man, it is not going to be that close. It is not going to be that close. There's no way. No way. No way. I don't see it happening, baby. 40 burger for my man. The Buffalo Bills. That's what I see. And you know what else I see? I see 
everybody who's still been rocking with me this long. Salute to everybody in the chat. Salute to everybody who is watching this on the replay and everybody who is listening podcast format. I appreciate you, baby. Do me this favor on the way out. Make sure you smash that like. Turn on the notification bell so you can stay tuned in to the Buffalo Fanatics. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Rated Rev on Twitter. Go to support BF. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. Stay tuned the rest of the week. We're bringing you that content that you guys want and deserve. Friday Night Live, my man Rico, the Rico Report. Saturday, Kevin Syracuse, the Spaces. Sunday, game day, pregame. You know how it is, man, with the fellas. We're going to be doing that thing. And then you've got my man, Pierre the Kingpin, live game day reactions. You want to tune into that, too. It's the best network, baby. Giving you nothing but the best in Bill's content. You already know who it is, baby. It is the BF Network. Let's go. And as always, baby, God bless and go, Bill. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? 
It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.